Hey, welcome to Horns Up. This is Peter and I'm flying solo on this episode. To all our listeners in India and around the world, I hope you're doing safe and healthy during these crazy times. Earlier this year, in our albums to look forward to in 2021, a unanimous pick that Anamesh and I both had was Haunt Beautiful Distraction. The album released earlier this month, so we had to get Trevor William Church back on Horns Up. It's quite a detailed chat, so let's get straight into it. I'm really glad to have on the show today uh, Trevor William Church. Welcome back to Horns Up, Trevor. What's up, man? How's it going? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I was just thinking about it. It's been a couple of years uh, since we last spoke and it's been quite awesome just kind of seeing everything that's happened with Haunt uh, since then. But I have to bring this up front. I mean, we were just uh, talking before this about last year. I mean, it's been a complete shit show all over the world. But I must ask yeah. you, I mean, you're someone who by admission is someone who thrives in isolation. So how, how, oh, how yeah. So how did you find uh, last year? Well, I mean, luckily I got to do a tour. Like a lot of people didn't get to tour. I got to do a full European tour. So I kind of got all of that out of my system, but you know, I saw lot of challenges in 2020 myself not not really musically but I was pushed to the fucking limits on a lot of things I was having drummer problems and I decided it was time that I needed to let my drummer go which was which is never a fun thing to do nobody likes to have to be like hey man it's not working out sorry bye it, it, it's never good, but it was like a chain reaction. I fired my drummer, then my guitar player quit, and then my bass player quit, which doesn't really change the dynamic of Haunt's music because I think everybody kind of knows, like, I write and record almost everything myself and play it. I can play all the instruments, so I don't technically need a band. So I'm lucky in that light, but, you know, having the studio here really let me really blossom in 2020. I put a lot of time into practicing and a lot of focus on um, my productions and my DIY ethos that I've created for myself to avoid, um, you know, making a bad business decision. And and usually bad business decisions happen all the time between band and label. That's kind of a normality as far as I'm concerned. Like, I don't know very many bands that actually love their record label. I could probably very few. I, I mean, <laughs> if you really ask them, they're probably going to be like, yeah, it's whatever. It's, yeah, it's cool. Or, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, I didn't really have good experiences working with other labels. And some, some were bad. Some were just gray. Like, I was like, this is cool. But how hard is it to be like with the Internet? And having direct access to your fans at the click of a button, how, why do you need all these people anymore? It's, everybody's connected nowadays. You don't have to have a Rolodex full of numbers that you're scrolling through like 19 fucking 80 where you're like, all right, where's the M? You know, you're scrolling through to find the last names with M or whatever. And you know, it was a really good time for me to really kind of reflect on what was all happening and 
why things, what I needed to do to make Haunt work. I first did the flashback record, which um, really kind of was this, really happened really randomly. I was just like, got home. I wrote, I wrote like, I wrote a few songs and boom, the next thing I knew I had an album. I didn't even really plan on it happening like that, but it was, it was the first album in a while that I had really just like, I was just like, I'm not even going to let anybody in here. I'm not going to shit. And everybody hadn't quit by then either, but it was like, everything was already kind of percolating and I already knew it beforehand. So I kind of went into it knowing like, okay, you're going to put out this record. These guys aren't going to be a part of it. They're probably, I knew that I was going to fire my drummer. I knew that John was probably going to leave because he had been talking about it for a while. And um, so I was just like, well, you know what? Like, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm just going to do the whole album alone. I'm not even going to tell them what I'm doing. Um, and I just did it. And it, it was actually the best recording experience I had in Haunt. And it's probably my favorite Haunt record because of that, because there was no, I didn't have to teach anybody anything because it's usually, I'm like, I write it and I have to show it to them or teach it to them in some way or shape or form. And I'm not really trying to be the type of artist that like, I'm not really trying to like, like work on a song for a really long time because to me, I, I look at songs like as they're either winners or they're losers and it's time to move on. Like, you know, when you got a winner, cause the song sound, you like it. You're like, okay, this song's great. Cool. But you don't know what songs all your fans are going to like. They end up liking the song you, you disliked. So I have this, um, I don't leave songs behind ever. I, everything I write, I release. I, I just believe yeah. that you just don't know what you got until you put it out there. True, true. So I saw a lot of um, growth within myself in that because it kind of allowed me, because for a while there, you know, you start working with people and you start going, well, okay, I kind of do need these people. It really um, let me um, realize like, okay, you don't need anybody. You could just do this alone. Granted, I knew it was going to be hard to kind of rebuild a live lineup. It's not, it's never an easy task. It wasn't an easy task to begin with because Haunt was born that way. I had no band. I had records. I had to put a band together, literally. Like Burst into Flame, when I did Burst into Flame, there was no band. It was literally yeah. just like there. We, we never played together. There was no rehearsals, nothing. So it was a really weird... Most bands don't start that way. True. They true, usually yeah. have they usually have some cool ass story. But you know, <laughs> I think I think most people that know who I am already know that there's a story before Haunt, Beastmaker. Yeah. Which yeah. was my first like kind of like here's Trevor. And yeah. um so I kind of had that beforehand and just realized that being pigeonholed in genres really isn't for me i don't yeah. like that and i got pigeonholed into doom metal and i even tried to make it like more melodic and more rhythmic with the, one of my last releases i did called eye of the storm and all the doom people hated it it's actually the worst selling beast maker record which, <laughs> which is surprised. funny because if you ask haunt fans they go that's 
my favorite Beastmaker record. <laughs> so it's a really, it's like, it was like this thing. And, and that was kind of like, you know, it, it, it I did a lot of Beastmaker stuff alone. A lot. Yeah. I did like, I did like all the EPs I, I did alone. So I was already kind of like, man, I could whip these out fast by myself. That was evident. And also I'm pretty old for getting my career going. Cause I'm already, I'm going to be 40 years old this year. So, mm. I mean, for me, time is ticking, you know, I'm like, I didn't get to do all the things that I wanted to do because I worked with people back in the day. I tried to collaborate. I tried having singers. I tried, you know, I tried everything on the board. That's why everything that haunt is, is why it is that way. Cause I'm like, I don't want to work with people because they slow me down too much. I wasted a decade trying to do stuff with other people when realistically I could have done it on my own. It's a weird thing. I, I mean, some, it might work for some, it won't work for others, but that's just the scenario for me. And with that, it really helped me during COVID to really have outlet of being like all right well I could just do whatever I want to do I could record music release it do do what I'm going to do so I did flashback and then I re-recorded I got a bunch of gear when I did flat one thing I like to do when I do a release is a lot of the money that I make from the albums I reinvested in I, I I'm trying to build like a really nice professional like home studio like like literally like it's a home studio but the gear I have in here is what you will find in a real studio. Oh, you know cool. what I'm saying? That's awesome. Like, like I, I mean, I have a noise, like right here, I have a Neumann U87. That's not a home studio mic. Yeah, definitely not. That thing costs, <laughs> it costs more than my first car. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those scenarios where it's just like, okay, I, I really do. I love to do the music and I love the process of recording it myself and doing it myself. So I, I need to have the equipment that the pros do. And so I bought a lot of new stuff with flashback and I was like, all right, well, I need to learn how to use this. So I started fucking around and I was kind of like going in my brain. I'm, I'm, you know, cause a lot of times you'll see me work in the merch table or at the merch table or setting up the merch table. Um, and I have these two EPs, Luminous Eyes and Mosaic Vision. Yeah. And yeah. I was getting, re I, in my brain, I'm starting to go, okay, you have this goal of putting out all these records. I want to have 20 albums by the time I'm 47, by the way, just to get that oh, out there. Nice. 20 full-length records. <laughs> that, that's a good so goal. That's, it's like two albums a year. Well, I'm going to retire, like, at that point. I'm <laughs> okay. not going to retire. I'm not going to retire from music, but what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be taking, I want to take a, a, a different role, but we'll get to that later. Sure. Um, so, so with that being said, with the amount of albums I, I have in my head that I want to do, I'm looking at the merch table and, and at this point I only have three full lengths and the two EPs and I'm looking at it and I'm like, God damn, there's five fucking big ass 12 inch records on here. Yeah. And then there's like two different colors. So I'm like, I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, I don't want it. And I was like, I hate taking EPs because when you take an EP, I end up having to at least explain a couple times. Why is the EP $20? Oh. And I'm like, 
I'm like, it's a 12 inch record. It costs the same for a full length yeah. as it does an EP. Yeah. There's no getting around that. True. I wish it was cheaper, but what? It should be. Ch- I, I got to fucking discount it to the point where it's like, there's no money to be made here. How are we supposed yeah. to play a show? True. You can't True. turn the light. You can't keep the lights on without yeah. making a dollar. Yeah. It's not, it's not all about money. It's more about being able to continue the musical journey. You sure. have to have funds to keep it going. So um, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should try putting both of these albums together and just do like a whole album of it. And then I did, I did it differently. I used the tuning that I use now in Haunt. I've been playing in C standard for some time now. And so I was like, well, I'm going to write it in different tuning. I'm going to add keys, going to spruce up the solos and learn how to use this new equipment I got. I got, I got some like analog mastering equipment, which it was like a fucking, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm like, I've never used this piece of equipment ever. I'm not going to record a brand new album and experiment yeah. with it. You feel me? Yeah. So Triumph, Triumph was a nice experiment and it did take me a while and, Again, it, it COVID, it really gave me a lot of time to, to work on my production. It gave me yeah. good time. And again, I mean, not everybody does well isolated like that. But for me, I was challenging myself. I was putting, I was putting myself to the limits of, okay, well, you got to figure out how to use this stuff. You got to figure out if, how you want it to sound. And you're going to be writing a new record eventually. And you're going to be using this shit. So figure the fucking shit out because you just spent like four grand on this shit. So yeah. you better, better fucking figure it out. So I did. Anyway, um, it's been a really productive year, uh, 2020. I, I really dove into some marketing and I also experimented with another thing where I didn't want to put my music on Spotify. I didn't put flashback yeah. on there on purpose it was a perp. There was actually I did it for one reason. I wanted to really see because you have to like, I'm kind of always going to be the anti what are anti establishment, anti industry. I am anti. I don't like it. I don't like being I'm a I'm an only child. I'm also a Le- I'm a Leo sign, which basically kind of makes me an, a natural born leader in some sense because I just really have a vision and I have a lot of drive. So I could, I could steer a ship and, and, and make it hit land with the Spotify thing. I was being told by people in the industry that people don't buy albums anymore. People don't digitally download albums anymore. Yada, yada, yada. You need to do this. You need to focus it. You got to put your, you got to get it out here. And you know what? I was like, well, you know what? Fuck you and fuck that. I didn't say that to them personally. This is in my brain. I'm like, I don't fucking care what you say. How, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fucking not do what you say. And I'm going to see what happens. And if I'm right, when you fucking come at me with that shit again, I'll fucking show you logistically how wrong you are. And it worked. Flashback was an utter success as far as digital downloads go, the most digital downloads I've ever gotten from an album. Wow, that that's really great to know. I mean, so like if people if people want to listen to it and they can't get it for free, they'll buy it. Yeah. 
and you know i must at this point also say that and we were talking earlier about right i mean one thing about haunt is the fans and the fact that the fans know that you know you have like a personal touch in there so you were talking earlier about actually packing the orders and all of that but having said yeah. that something just to switch gears towards beautiful distraction uh sure. i don't know how i miss this facebook live but four of the songs on beautiful distraction were actually picked by fans so what yes. was that what was that experience like i mean did you expect the response that you got well i had i have a lot of riffs and i had some songs that i wasn't so thrilled with and i just kind of wanted to see what everybody thought about it and it kind of pushed me because i was like i was like here's this what do you guys think of this they're like oh this riffs great that i don't like that and i was like that's the part i don't like and they're like fix it and i was like i'll be back tomorrow and it'll be fixed the next thing you know i had four songs written in like less than 5 days um i love my fans i think my fans really know that like i'm not your average rock and roll guy i'm not too cool for school i don't care what you look like i don't care how you dress you like to rock i like to rock we're the same now i also love to hear their opinions and and things and see what they think about stuff sometimes why not they're buying it it's like hey do you like this fucking song you like this riff yeah cool well i'm going to make it happen right now like why not you know yeah. it's never been done yeah. it you know and it's interesting that you bring it up because out of all the interviews that i've been doing and stuff nobody's really been tapping that and it's kind of i feel like it kind of got forgotten a little bit but yeah it's like a interactive record because i did those songs with the fans feedback and let them choose the riffs that i was like shooting at them i'm like what do you but what happened there's a reason why it only is it ended at 4 because every time i showed them a riff they're like that's good i showed them the riff the next thing that's good so i there was never one they didn't like yeah so i was like <laughs> i was like okay well this could go on for Ever yeah, you could make like a double so, album at that. Yeah, point. <laughs> no, I I just felt like at that point I was like, well, I'm gonna be kicking a dead horse here in a second with this because every time I show them something, they're gonna be like, yeah, I like that. So I I stopped and I and I wrote a couple others and then um, but anyway, to answer that question, it was really great and it got me to, I think it really when you get those connections with the people that like your music. you're building this never ending bond and i hope to have my fans forever i i i was like actually thinking today how rad it would be if i could just have all of my fans at one show and it's just like this big ass like we all eat we have like you know we all can hang out like there could be all kinds of it's basically a festival but a festival, haunt festival. of haunt fans <laughs> yeah a haunt a haunt festival and it's just one day i only have to play one show a year <laughs> everybody awesome. comes out everybody comes out we all hang out it could be all day i don't give a fuck but i was like i love to interact with the people that listen to my music and yeah. it was a great experience and i i don't think a lot of bands could ever do that will i do it again probably not 
not because I don't want to, but because again, like what happened? It's just like, I show them one thing and it's like, yep, show them next. Yep. Show them next. Yep. So I just feel like, I feel like, uh, whatever riff I choose, they're going to like. So, um, it, it, it's kind of a, it was fun for what it was. And I hope the people that were there will always, that were there for it, they could look back upon it fondly and be like, yep, that was cool. That was different. Yeah. Never had a dude be like, Hey, what do you think? You know? I mean, I'm sure looking back, this is a special record uh, to all of those who were there. So so since you said that now, here's two fans uh, opinion here, and I'm throwing it out there uh, to you. Upon listening to the album right now, uh, it's a solid uh, 10 song album. But one of the things we felt was it's not as hard hitting as your previous releases. And I think, you know, with a band whose discography like yours, there's always going to be, you know, that first album you heard or the first song. Would, would you disagree, uh, agree or disagree with us? And tell us why we're Hard wrong. hitting in what way? What do you um, mean hard hitting? Explain that better. Um, I, I would say like, I mean, at this point, maybe it's probably because I've not spent as much time uh, on this album compared to the others. I, I, I must say that when I, when I first heard, like, say, whether it was uh, If Icarus Could Fly or Luminous Eyes and all of that, it just kind of grabs you in there. And I think I think that's where the one of those factors, I would say. I honestly, I don't like I, for me as a songwriter. I have these formulas that I create and they're realistically kind of, they all live in the same bubble. So anybody that would say that would, I could just literally say that people don't know what they're talking about because I use certain chord progressions and that's what I use. I have a certain singing style. That's what I use. I use these things. Like it's, it's not, um, I mean, cause I could say that, for a fact like sea of dreams is probably faster and heavier than every haunt song ever written there isn't one faster and i know that because when i go to the beats per minute of it it is the fastest song i have so as far as maybe that i don't i don't know i mean again it's like all like critiquing music is very opinionative and when you ask an artist of what they think of it i have people it's always it's always like this it's always like this you always gonna have the people that think it wasn't better than the last record or you're gonna have the people that are like this is your best album you've ever written so it again that's why i don't leave songs like there's no song left behind because you're gonna get opinions all over the place opinions are like assholes everybody has one that age old stating so you could go you could just go like this it's going to always be two-sided you're going to have like there's going to be the people that never heard me before and this is the first album they heard and they're like this is awesome and then they might go back and not like the earlier stuff there is a lot of um there's a big spectrum of critiquing so to speak so i personally i think with beautiful distraction like i said has some of the has a really fast i think sea of dreams but i had already previously written that song um is pretty gnarly like i could barely play it live like it's hard 
Like it's wow. the hardest song. It's the hardest song I have to play. I can right. barely do yeah. it. I've tried to, we've tried to do it at rehearsals a few times. And I'm just like, this is really a tough one. Right. And I play guitar. I play guitar and sing at the same time. So yeah, which is not easy. I, I, yeah. So I always have a difference. Uh, like when people talk about things that I do, they don't realize like I do this certain way because like the way that I picked my sound was so that I could do it. True. Because yeah. there's all there's all kinds of singing shit that I could do that I don't do because I, I can't I don't have time to breathe. I'm yeah. playing guitar. So like you try it's it's like fucking running and and um, reading a book at the same time. You're like, you know, you're fucking hauling out. You know, this shit's you're gonna be like, fuck, man. After about like, you could probably run that mile and not even sweat, but you run that mile with a book in front of you. Now you're sweating. Yeah, you're sweating yeah. balls. You're 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 all over the place. So anyway, I don't know. Um, the reviews were really good. So again, like from what you're saying it's not as hard hitting i don't like again i don't really know what that really means so are you saying the songs aren't as good it, i mean just give it to me no no it's a, it's a, so th because I, it's easier for me to answer a question that's not so like to me like hard hitting i don't know what that exactly means because i could literally reference each song to another song that has like kind of the same writing structure because well, I have a I formula, know. I have a formula of things I do. So, like, say for like "Beautiful Distraction," for instance, the song, the Arpeggio style guitar riff. That's the guitar riff. Now you go back to Mind Freeze. You have Voyager. That's the guitar riff. They're living the same world. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. And then you could go, I could do that with every song. So for when people like are going to say stuff like that, I'm like, well, you don't know exactly where that's coming from when you, when you say something like that to me, because I could be like, well, it's basically this song. It's there. They live in the same world. Now, whatever whatever that might be that's that that's about as far as i could really dive into about that because for me it has uh i think in our dreams the song in our dreams that's on beautiful distraction is one of the best haunt songs ever personally like for me when i when i look at that song as like something that's recorded i only have a couple songs that i like on each record, like maybe two per record, maybe three that I absolutely, when I look back, I go, I did a good job. The others sometimes I'm just like, no, like everybody loves burst in a flame, except for me. Like I am like really? the, wow. yeah, I don't, I can't, I can't even, I can't even like when I, when we practice burst in the flame, I don't, I don't even want to play it. I'm like, I've okay. already played this song. I played it a million times. I want to, I need to be challenged. And the way I was writing back then, I'll give you an example of why, um, just so you can understand where I'm coming from. The chorus is weak. It has a very, very basic chorus that I don't even really think is that catchy. 
the song has one major strength and I played off this many times. I use a similar um, hammer on in, in a lot of the songs, a lot of songs I write. The, the verse of Burst in the Flame is really good. You know, the no one could take me off my throat that yeah that's it that's the hook of the song the chorus sucks and i could go down the line of and and really i i'm i'm the worst critic like like everybody else that critiques me i don't really care you guys have no idea what i do to myself it's like it's like a whole other fucking world of critiquing I'm just like, I'll nitpick myself to death. And um, and I've nitpicked that record hard. And those are things I always I always look at how I'm writing and I try to grow from that to write better parts. So I don't know if you, if it's not as hard hitting, it just it's just not as hard hitting. You can't there's there's an old there's there's a saying you cannot win them all. Yeah, no, fair enough. All. Fair enough, and I appreciate. It. And like I mentioned earlier, right? It it probably also the fact, like you said, for a lot of people, it's the first album that they hear and they love it. Uh, or for some of them, it's there. So you're never gonna win all of them. You never, never, ever, ever, ever. So staying on beautiful distraction, uh, the album uh, features uh, Philly Bibiano. I hope I got his name right. Yes. Uh, from Fortress on lead yeah. guitar. Uh, how did he become part yeah. of the album? Um, well, I had worked with Philly uh, with his band Fortress. Haunt did a split with them. <clears throat> and he and I became friends. We did a, a little mini tour together. And I think he and I in the studio, like, we just kind of, we had fun and became friends. And I was like, well, I don't want to have to do all the soloing on this. And he was the first person that I thought of because he's somebody that I like, I look up to personally. I think he's great. And um, so I wanted to include somebody that I really liked. And, you know, um, and not a lot of bands, not a lot of projects could do that where I could just be like, all right, I'm going to just have him on one record. Right. Because he lives in L.A. I would love to have him in Haunt. Like he was going to be we had talked and he was going to be the touring guitarist. If I if I couldn't find anybody, yeah, because it's, obviously you, you need a local guitar. You need you need somebody that lives in the same town to be in your band. Yeah, better. So enough. he lives like four hours away. Um, but he's just a really good guitar player. He's a really good songwriter, and like I said, I just looked up to him a lot. And um, I think it has the best. He did the best solos on a hot record I've ever heard, personally. Yeah. And so what what was the strategy or what was the thing going into like since you know you write all the music did you have like yeah. some kind of guidelines for him or you just considering the relationship uh, you had with him you were like here's the music do your thing very 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 little had to be said very little right. i think there is only a couple solos he did that i didn't like and um any like again like i'm not the type that's going to ever like you could tell, you could say it how it is and tell me how it is. And it's like, I'm just that kind of person. And if, if, if there was something that I didn't like about a part or something, I'd, say, I'd be like, hey, do this here. So I, I did give him some um, insight on a couple of things. Like I've, we've always kind of done like these dual solos 
within the solo where we harmonize in the solo. Yeah. And he wasn't really doing that. And I was like, hey, go back and do and make it so like there's a harmony that's going out of here. So it sounds way gnarlier. Okay. And so and you don't hear that in Fortress. If you go back and listen to Fortress records, he doesn't do like a dual harmony solo. And you could do that in Haunt because you have two lead guitar players. So that's kind of the beauty behind that is like he in his mind, he's like, I'm only guitar player. So I'm not really going to do a lot of that stuff. So he kind of went into it with his own thing. And I kind of kind of brought, you know, that idea to him of like, all right, right here at this end, you know, play the harmony notes to that. That's the dual part that goes back into the verse. And that was about the only um, real uh, conversations we had about it. It was it was done in two days. He had everything done. Basically, the day that I talked to him about it. He started working on it like that night and started sending me stuff. out. And even though I was like, yeah, you got like a month, dude, don't worry about it. It was already done. Like he wow. jumped on it and, and um, he fucking rules, man. That, that guy is a great guitar player. And if Fortress can get going and, and get some, some luck behind them, they could be a seriously great band. Yeah. I, I do. I do hard. remember. Yeah. I, I can un- and especially in a place like LA, right? That doesn't make it easier. Anywhere, um, anywhere. No, it's anywhere. Any, any guitar-oriented music is a struggle. Yeah, it's not the most popular music anymore. Yeah, you got country, you got trap, rap, um, and uh, electronic music. That is like all up at the you know the front. And in in modern country music, guitar is like not. You could barely even tell the guitar is there. Yeah. a lot of the times like i'm like where's the it's not like heavy guitar so heavy guitar oriented music you're going to struggle to make a living doing it is what i'm getting at they're not going to struggle to make good records they're going to put out great records it's just that the world might not hear them all you know what i mean because yeah. how are you how do you get 16 year olds to listen to heavy metal Unless, unless their parents are heavy metal now. True, true, yeah. Like back in the day, it was a, you didn't have the internet, you didn't have YouTube, so it was re- like the influences that you would have, you, you you didn't have all kinds of options. It was like, oh, I hang out with people that listen to punk, and, and then it just gets you, you're into it. Like, it's just natural flow. Yeah, the progression and, is um, And since my wife's a school teacher, and, I, and I, my best friend has teenage girls now and you you look at what's popular now compared to what was popular back then it's changed a lot yeah and i think the discovery has changed a lot uh i want to switch uh things quickly to the business side of things uh are you okay talking about the business uh, ballpark yeah. figures is that cool sure yeah yeah and so one of the things you talked about earlier was, you know, you've got very involved with the production and you're doing everything DIY, right? So yeah. just, just for our listeners to kind of make them understand, how much does it really cost to put out an album, you know, these days? I mean, we're talking studio time, artwork, just logistics, the whole deal. Well, I, I it's hard to answer the first part of it because the studio stuff, I, I couldn't really give you a realistic number because again they're like albums are recorded in really weird places a lot of people have home studios like this and they charge or whatever so the price range of the recording could go 
a lot of ways, but I could tell you what record labels are offering bands for the full length record, what they think the studio time should cost sure. is most. So most like indie metal labels, like $2,500 would be the budget to go record an album. So I don't think that could be done personally. That's why I don't go that route because I yeah. need to spend a lot more time. I, you know, the one thing that I get to do, the one thing that I do get to do is I get to spend four to six weeks playing it every day. Yeah. I don't have to like be, you know, if I was, if we're, if we were racking up studio time, I mean, when I'm working on an album, I'm there, I, I come out here at 7 a.m. and I don't leave until, until I can't keep my eyes open and looking at a screen anymore. That's how I work. And yeah. so I, that could be really questionable because a lot of bands do, especially in metal, there's a lot of bands that record their demos themselves. So yeah. we could, you could take that, we could, we, so in answering that first section, because that's the first thing that you have to do in the business is you have to have a product. That product is the album. And, and so um, to record an album from home, you're going to need like that $2,500 that label is going to give you actually could buy you a home setup and you can start from there. Whether you're going to program your drums or do live drums and have you could you, you could use really cheap mics and still put out something decent you a lot of you know you can have somebody else mix it and master it that is that a professional studio or whatever you just you know there's all kinds of ways to do that so i, I, I would say though that the initial investment regardless should just be like five grand like either you're spending five grand at a studio or you're spending five grand in your studio that's a good way to answer that, right? Like you need five grand to do an album. Yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah. Like, and and that, that's why I was kind of surprised when you said two and a half thousand, because I was like, I, that's I, what, I, that, yeah, labels, that's what they, they offer bands that I know this for a fact too. Yeah. So I'm not going to say who does that, but that's a reality. Yeah. Um, a good label will give you five. Sure. So five, five grand on the, on the, if they really think you're going to be able to sell your record, but a lot of indie labels have a lot of bands that don't really like emerge ever. So it's a big risk for them to spend that kind of capital. Um, so anyway, so the next part, what, what would be the next part of that would be the art again, yeah, yeah. depending, depending um, if you're having a painting done or you're having graphic design work done i mean you should be at least 700 dollars is what you should spend minimum you need the layouts you need it to look all pro so yeah so you're 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 at you're at five thousand seven hundred dollars now um and this is all release. before and this is all before like you even have the actual product ready right the vinyl yeah, cd well, cassette yeah, yeah, you haven't made anything. You haven't, you, there's no product yet. You only have the album. The album's done now for five grand. And now you're looking at art. The art's going to cost you a minimum 700 if you're lucky, because that we're, we're talking about layouts for it too, which is the template needed to uh, manufacture the covers. Yeah. So you should already be looking at a budget of $700 just so you could get all the things you need. And also in that $700 or where, or wherever you're going with it, um, you're going to need your social media marketing tools. So you're going to need your mock-up art of like a, the, you know, CD, 
all in your banner. Banners yeah. here, logos here, record three color vinyl, CD, T-shirt, and then cassette, and then whatever else that's out now, whatever. Yeah. So yeah. a $700 art budget, and that's on the low side. I, I would say like it's probably going to realistically be more around 1000 to 1500 for all that. But it's a good starting point, you know, seven, if, if you're spending $700, you're serious and your cover is going to look good. Okay. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get a shitty anything. $700 should be able to get you something reasonable. And that looks good. The next part that you have to do is, um, is you're going to make CDs. So you got to find somebody that manufactures CDs that you're going to use. There's in America, there's CD baby. I know a lot of people use CD baby because it automatically also uploads everything to Spotify and all that for yeah, like, digital or something like that. Yeah. It does commercial digital. Um, um, I, I think with a CD release, you know, you're, you're going to make a thousand CDs minimum thousand CDs. It's going to cost you about in Europe. I, I get mine made in Europe. So oh, okay. I, I use, I use a company called X vinyl X. Yeah. Um, I've heard of them. And it, and it could range from about 80 cents to a dollar 50 CD per unit without shipping it to the United States. You ship it to the United States. You add a couple bucks to each CD. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and most people will generally find a CD costs about $3.50. If you start looking at like making CDs, this this isn't like information people can't find out because there's CD baby and all these places that do it online. So you could just go find out yourself what these things cost really easily by researching, I'm going to make a CD, right? Yeah. So anyway... That's about roughly how much you should be spending anyway. Uh, it's about $3.50 for a CD, which is you make a little bit of money off that. You double your money. You got to always remember there's going to be somebody taking it from you. So you have uh, Bandcamp, for instance. They're going to take, if you haven't sold $5,000 worth of stuff, they have a 15% tier after you sell $5,000 worth of stuff. It goes down to 10 and it okay. always stays at 10. So it's always at 10%. So you buy a CD for $10 already right off the bat. PayPal has gotten some yeah, of that. Yeah, that's a percentage. I mean, they, they do, PayPal is 4%. If, you, if they buy it with the, you know, you could have the option with Bandcamp now that you could buy it with a credit card. And I think with the credit card, um, there isn't a processing fee, but I'm not 100% on that. I need to look at my stuff. But this is new. They just started doing yeah. that about three months ago. So it's very new to the, the platform and I haven't really looked at it. I just noticed I was getting paid way differently from then. And I was, I was not getting all these individualized things. It was just like one lump sum. And I was like, Oh boy, what does this mean? You know, like, yeah, no, I noticed refund, that. I noticed that you can't, a... ref, you can't refund orders the same either anymore. So oh, okay. I used to be able to click refund and, and, and it was really easy to figure out because sometimes say you run out of one item and you need to refund them for one thing you were able to go to that transaction and look up like what they actually paid for it. Now there's nothing. It's just one big price. They're like, how much did they pay for shipping for this? Because there's combined shipping. You know, it's really, it's fucking shitty. I don't like it. And I already yelled at them a little bit about that. But anyway, back to manufacturing. So there's, there's one big thing 
about making vinyl records that you need to have a little bit of understanding about what type of things happen with vinyl record. There's two different ways to make a vinyl record, lacquer and metal. So there's two completely different plates that press these vinyls together. You're going to, if you want lacquer, you're going to spend a lot more money. You're going to have to always test. You're going to have to do a test pressing because you need to hear it because it's sonically way different than the master recordings that you have. Yeah. They kind of have their own realm of things, certain things, certain frequencies, 16,000 kilohertz has to be cut. 37 Hertz has to be cut. I think, I believe it has to be somewhere at negative 10 DB area even maybe even lower. I can't remember. Cause I've only done that once. And I was the process. I hated it. I didn't like yeah, doing didn't. that way. And I think that it's, it's hand done, right? Each record is kind of done. Yeah. On their own. So yeah. It's a complete. It's, it's a completely different process. So I um, found that I like the metal masters better because you could avoid a lot of headache. And sure. that's one thing when you're doing it alone is you don't want it you like time you don't have time to wait trying to get a lot done and a little bit of time alone so i suggest metal mastering um just be one it's way cheaper you're you you don't technically need a test pressing for it because even if you check out the specs of metal mastering one out of 1000 records might have a skip might oh, wow. one okay. out of 1000 that is not a very big percentage. Yeah, true. So to me, if that record has a skip and somebody gets a skipped record, you just send them a record. Yeah. <laughs> and you send, them a, you send them the next one. That way you don't have to go through paint. And test pressing is expensive and also adds two, two weeks to a month to the production. And mind you, if you're doing lacquer, you have to do that. It's yeah. recommended to test to get a test pressing. With metal mastering, they don't nec- they could say you don't need one, but here's the percentage of them that might be bad. You, you might get a bad record in there that has a skip, one. And to me, that just really bypasses a lot. And also um, with metal mastering, it go- the way that it's mastered to get cut onto the plate, it goes through um, a software that automatically eliminates any um, frequency that would cause a skip. So it has already been ran through a software mastering software that's like, all right, it just shaves everything that doesn't work. So you're good. So um, that that's a great thing about um, vinyl uh, is the options you have because you can you can do a lot of different things. Now with the hand, the like the lacquer stuff, there's going to be a lot more dynamic in your stereo system. If you have yeah. high fidelity, you're going to be able to really EQ it and get a big, wonderful, clear sound that is supposedly much more warm and um, and open. But um, I, I've never been able to really tell the difference. So when you can't tell, I can't tell you this. The one thing I can tell is that it's more pain in the ass to do a lacquer <laughs> than it was to a metal master. That was the certainty. The Sonics, I couldn't tell you. You but, could put a lacquer master on and a metal master, and 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 I wouldn't know which one. I wouldn't be able to fucking tell you. So, no so one this, I think so. I here's think. the challenge for all the audio files, right? We're tuning in. Like, if you can tell the difference, like hit hit up Trevor, hit us up, let us know. 
I mean, I seriously, I again, it's like uh, most of the world is going to stream your music from a phone or or like on a computer, and it's it, and if they're going to stream it from their phone to their car, or or they're going to have it digitally downloaded to a phone in the car because most people spend the most of their time listening to, to music in their cars. I feel. I yeah. think if you look at the ratio of, of car listening to home listening, you're going to find that in the car, you always listen to music at home. You're not always listening to music. Yeah. You got it. You get, you, you know, but we all have our, we all have our little um, traditions of I'm going to listen to some music at home. Like, and when I do that, I, I just, I don't even care what I, it could be like, I just bring a Bluetooth radio with me because I listen to music when I clean, when I'm doing chores. Yeah, I, I think chores. that's <laughs> Same here. And I'm like, I'm like, boom, that shit just puts me in. I, I could clean all day with a good record. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I get it. I get in the zone. I'm like, I start feeling it too. It's my favorite time. So I have my, I have my times. And even then you can't really bring a record player uh, around into the bathroom. Cause you all, all y'all motherfuckers out there, you're cleaning your shower one day or another. You're going to have mold in your shower and you have to clean it. And when you go into your bathroom to clean, your your record player isn't going to make it. It's not going to make it into the bathroom. <laughs> so you're going to be like, I suggest a Bluetooth stereo for that. But um, I don't know. Again, it's like one of those things where um, it's, it's a matter of opinion, again, of what sounds better sonically. But with records, let's just get to a price. I'll give everybody a ballpark figure of what you're going to spend. Thousand records is probably going to cost you somewhere. I mean, again, if you're in Europe, like it's really cheap. It's only about five dollars and fifty cents to six dollars a record, but you got to factor in shipping. And then sometimes yeah. certain colors, sometimes certain colors cost more, and and all those things. So I would say in your budget, you should always try to budget about eight dollars a record for mm -hmm. vinyl. So a thousand records will cost you eight grand, okay. roughly. Okay, which I, is good. I mean, and again, the price, the the way that it's priced is you're you're like a normal business. True. They jack everything up seventy five to eighty percent. Yeah, it's very one, typical. One thing we didn't uh, touch upon as yet is uh, you know you've got the music ready, you've got the product. But how do you actually get it out? I mean, you know, the PR, the marketing and all of that. And oh, as somebody so who's kind of doing it all you, by you, yourself. Well, you usually hire somebody to do your press for you. So you, that's, that's what you got to do. You don't do that shit yourself because um, press release people, they're good because they have an email list that it just goes automatically to. They write something up about the album with a link to the album, yada, yada. And it just goes out to their people. That's your press, really. Your marketing is just like you're realistically at that point is you're just looking at ad placement. So you got to create an ad. And that that I feel a lot of bands don't do and they should do. I think putting ads in magazines is a smart way to get yeah. known, even by the magazine itself, because they're like, oh, what's this? Because these yeah, guys... I saw you I saw that you had done one in a magazine recently. I think I just saw it online that you'd put up. The yeah, I did. I did it with Decibel. Yeah. I work with them a lot because they, um, 
they're like one of the bigger heavy metal uh, magazines in the United States. Yeah. And um, I've had ads for Haunt in a, a lot of magazines. We've done ads. We've always placed ads somewhere. And um, the, I, it's an important thing. It's an important part of the process because um, these are industry people. Um, heavy metal magazines put, you know, sponsor tours. They do a lot of stuff. They're really connected. And also it's really important to um, support these magazines like bands and labels they that we've put money into these people so that they can you know get the music out there they yeah. you, you know it's a it's a 300 it's a 360 degree fucking constant circle of like here the money goes here it goes around and comes back it's just that's business and uh you gotta market yourself a little bit you have to put it so it's in the market if you don't have anything on the market, like you're not marketing. The marketing is like putting it in, in the people's hands. There's Facebook marketing too. Obviously, you can boost your posts yeah. and stuff like that to help. Um, there's so many ways. Obviously, like a, a, something that's really easy now to do is the lyric video. It's like so easy. Somebody just uses your graphic and makes it come to life and has karaoke on it it's fucking fantastic i think it's i think that's one of the coolest things that's out right now it's like i love watching those because i actually like to like read the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but those i fucking i think that it's karaoke yeah <laughs> i yeah. mean who doesn't like a little karaoke you know what i mean like <laughs> you're never gonna go wrong with that like because otherwise you got to get the lyric book out yeah yeah or, or you're really trying to memorize the song you're like i'm memorizing these lyrics I'm going to get them, you know, <laughs> who knows? There's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild, but yeah, I mean, I would look at where you are globally though and flex your muscle there. Like sense, you're, yeah. you're in yeah. Mumbai. I yeah. don't know if there's a heavy metal magazine there. Unfortunately, but there, no. it, there's none. none. There's not even, there's not even a zine. There's I, not, I, nobody I, makes zines. You know no. what a zine is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to make one back in the day. <laughs> None. Okay, so you've made them. Yeah, yeah. But so people are interested. What? Well, okay. Well, then that's kind of an interesting thing because I guess there's going to be those places where you, um, maybe the reach is elsewhere, and yeah. and um, I would, in that in that light, then I would focus on the most populated places, and I would start with the United States because. Yeah. Um, heavy metal is pretty big here and, and obviously Europe. So um, you just focus on those two places, I guess. I, I'll, I'll, I, now I know that I will never have marketing in India other than <laughs> a podcast. You know, like, there's no fucking heavy metal magazines over there. It's like, how, how, do, you get, how do you get known in India? And it's interesting because um, I used to talk to a band from India and I can't remember their names right now. Night. but the band's I think called you're talking Night. about you. Yeah, night. Yeah, Sh Shuba is a good friend of mine. Shuba, yes, yes. I used to talk to him a lot. I don't know if he would even remember because I barely remember now because it was a while ago. They haven't. I haven't seen anything new of them. But when they had first, when Shuba had just put out that night EP, I really liked it. I, I was, I was like, dude, this is cool. I like yeah. India metal. Yeah, I really liked it a lot, and um, I hope he's still doing music. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm is gonna he? hit him up. 
I'm going to hit him up after this. It's been a while since we spoke. But uh, definitely, I'm going to tell him that Trevor is checking up on you. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, uh, anyway, anyway, I used to talk to him about coming out to India. I was like, man, it'd be a, a dream come true to yeah. go there. I, I would just really love to go the architecture. And, and I know it's a pretty busy place. As, not as not as, anymore. It's like dead. <laughs> Everyone's dead. dead? I need to Everyone. come to India right now. Then it's dead now. <laughs> um, but anyway, but, I mean, marketing is just one of those things. You just gotta. I think it's more about just putting together a budget for yourself. And I'm just gonna say one thing about like one like kind of motivational thing to tell people is like always invest in yourself. There is no like look at that look at your your the music that you're you're trying to do and be like man i'm just gonna invest in my into myself i'm gonna put some money into this like i might make some money back it's called venture capitalism really i mean it's like you're not you know you gotta you gotta take some some risk with your money you're never gonna know if you'll make any off of it and you never know you might you might you might hit a nerve and people really like it and then you you know the next if you didn't put that money in to get your name spread around, yeah, you'll never know. So, so yeah. put, so an album, I would say like you need about 15 to 20 grand to do a record. Fair enough. Yeah. That, that makes sense. In, in a good, in a way, in a way that it's going to actually mean something. Yeah. Not just like, okay, we play local town shows. We might do one week tour. Okay. Like you're trying, you're trying to like make, you're going to, you're trying to make some moves you need 15 to 20 grand. Okay. Minimum. Fair enough. Okay. So, you know, we've talked about the music. We've talked about the business. Uh, let's play a track from Beautiful Distraction. Which one should we play and why? Well, right now, I was really liking Fortune's Will, mainly because it has, uh, that song was like a scrapped song. I didn't like the chorus that I had. It was one of the fan interactive ones. And we already were talking about that one. So, um, in our dreams was not. Um, wow. I wrote that. That was not part of the interaction, which is my in our, in our dreams is my favorite song on the album. But I think right now I've been kind of I've been looking at Fortune's Will a lot more now, and I'm like has a really cool solo section with I I do the first solo, which is kind of laid back, and then Philly comes in with this like really cool solo at the end. And um, it's just a kind of a different style song. Um, and I've, I've been liking the, the, I don't really have many like it. Let's put it that way. Remember I told you I have these things that I do that I kind of formulaically bounce yeah. around with. Yeah. Well, Fortune Will's, Fortune's Will is one of the ones that I could honestly say does not. Okay. So let's listen to that one. Awesome. Okay. We'll cue that one up.
here's uh, something different i mean uh, sure. one thing i came across right was uh, francis robert who's part of the band old man wizard and uh, king gorm and i only recently found out he also performed on some on the tracks for triumph so he did yeah. a cover of frozen in time uh, yeah was that the first time like someone did like a cover and sent it and how did you kind of like go ahead to now he, having he did well for, first off francis is like a really good friend of mine so it's like it's kind of a little bit different scenario we met i think in 2016 we beastmaker played a show in san diego old man wizard played and i remember briefly meeting him that night we didn't really talk but we did a little bit of we you know i was like hey man i really like your band and you know we talked for a little bit like that but um we ended up being on tour and they were in the same town we were in seattle and he came out to that and i was like oh robert you know francis just so happens like we start playing in san diego more and i start coming you know i start seeing him more we just became just naturally it just kind of happened and it really started happening when i we started like crashing there when we play shows always ending up at francis francis's house after the gig to hang out like there's other bands that we know there like great electric quest my friend tyler is the singer of that band and he's a he's a you know he's out in the southern california area and him and francis are also friends too so it all works out we all kind of I mean, we don't get like, we don't, it's not like raging. We just like hang out on the porch and, and talk about stuff and, and hang out. Um, but Francis is really, really talented. And um, the first thing he did, he did this cover of Luminous Eyes. So he actually did one of Luminous Eyes and you can find it on YouTube as well. Okay. And um, anyway, he, he did a cover of it and did his style, the synth style. And when it came time to do the Triumph record, I had already written all the keyboard parts, but I was having really like a hard time kind of deciding what I wanted those to sound like. And so I sent it all, all that I, all the stuff that I like wrote I sent it to Robert uh, Francis. I keep wanting to call him <laughs> Roberts for some reason. Um, anyways, I sent it to Francis. Sorry, Francis, if you if you end up seeing this or hearing this, I mean. Um, um, anyway, um, he orchestrated the um, tones for me on that one and picked them out. I was I was struggling a little bit with it. It was probably I was probably struggling with it because the songs were already I had already done them previously. It was the luminous eyes and mosaic vision uh, all put into one record. So uh, it was a little bit of a challenge in that light. I was like, fuck, man, like I can't I just I just wasn't there. He came to the rescue and he came up with all the you know, what's interesting about it is I ended up using his stuff and my stuff. So oh, when nice. you actually are hearing it, it's like, I, I don't know what it was. It's really, it's really weird how the universe collided because I didn't really like what I had until <laughs> he sent me what he did and I put them together. And it then I was like, whoa, this is, <laughs> this is cool. This is weird. Like, I like this. So um, that's what ended up ha happening with that. And then Francis is, is, again, like I said, we, 
I did. I actually released the King Gorm album on Church Recordings. He's the only vinyl that came out for King Gorm. I pressed for him. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of his. I love Old Man Wizard. His album Sorcerer is like a masterpiece. It's the most underrated album. It should be way up there. I think it's a like. I, I, it's a classic for me. I, I I hold it high. Um. Anyway, um, he he was on the fan club page. I have a, there's a Facebook community haunt fan club. Yeah. Um, if anybody wanted to look into that and join it, it's very interactive. It's like a music community. So there is a um, and I am the one that has all the rule. I like the rules that must be followed or this. There's no gatekeeping like and just no bullshit no pol- no political stuff don't i don't want to hear any of it we're here to talk about music and things or things haunt related like you could share your band you could do whatever you, you know like all that stuff is fine it's not like all only haunt we share if we share music together like bands we like or whatever clothes even like it just is you know it's it's a community and we try to all be there for each other instead of the internet's a really good place to like knock people down. It seems yeah. like there's a lot, Unfortunately, of, a lot yeah. of that. And this in, in having like a, a community, a music community is great. And also another thing is like with the Facebook algorithms and things, a band's personal page in these days, it, it's really hard to get the traffic there. It's almost like, I don't quite know how it works, but I can see it. Cause when I post one certain thing, all like there's way more than other. And I'm like, how, why isn't there just all these, like, why aren't the likes like equal? And then you look on something like Instagram where all the likes are more realistically close together. Whereas Facebook there's it's gaps. There's gaps. So, you know, people aren't seeing it in their feed. So Instagram, they are, you know, it's a different thing because you could see you're like, okay, well, 500 people like this shitty post thousand likes this one. This is not that much. Facebook, it's like there's a thousand and then there's 13. Yeah, it just you know does I mean? some, right. it's, it's crazy sometimes how it kind so, of just drops. So in the fan club page, Francis asked the fan club what song they would want him to cover. And people already know Francis over there because, again, uh, anybody that, you know, follows me has obviously seen that I did the King Gorm vinyl and yeah. that I I promote Old Man Wizard, that sorcery record, um, a lot. And I'm a fan of Francis. So um, they voted in Francis. He he did. It was wonderful, man. I it's he did such a good job on it that I. It's pretty humbling experience to have somebody put that much effort into doing something that you wrote. I was like, wow, he did like a full video and really he gave it like a lot of life. I was really, um, you know, it just shows me how much like I actually do love Francis. Like he's a good friend and it's it was it's it's an I, I, I maybe I should cover one of his songs for him and be like, let me cover this. But I honestly think I couldn't do him justice. So unfortunately, he's better than I am because he, he like brought a whole new like 
it made me realize like my songs could be completely taken in a different way yeah and use a whole other light and I, and i really did enjoy that it was super cool to hear it play like in a different genre you yeah, know what i completely. mean completely even I was, i was very surprised how much i enjoyed it i mean i oh, don't I, really I, enjoy the dungeon synth and all of that that much so i was kind of yeah. surprised how much it did yeah so obviously i i was like francis you should just cut do a full hot album covers, <laughs> that might be something yeah that would like, be seriously <laughs> because like why not i'm actually going to talk to him about that i think i think he should, we should maybe do that on this next album that i'm doing is simultaneous like maybe like on the cd version or something um have the album like francis has redone the album but so you get like, like two versions <laughs> two versions yeah that'd be uh, weird and yeah. nobody's ever done that you always <laughs> gotta think has somebody ever done that before and it might be a really bad idea and logistically it was it logistically it already sounds like a nightmare to me but <laughs> it sounds like like again like i'm the type of person a, a good challenge is always uh accepted and that would be um interesting because again i don't know if i would like like that style that francis is doing I don't know if I really listen to a lot of music that way. Like you just like this dungeon synth and stuff like that. It's something I don't know. And um, I don't have any um, experience with, and he does, I guess, but does it in a different way, man. I don't know. It could be an interesting experiment, but hey, if, if it does happen, you heard it first year on the Honza podcast. <laughs> you came up with it. <laughs> I would have never we would have never we would have never even have gone there if, if we weren't talking about Francis. <laughs> awesome. Like, seriously. So, so one of the things I also wanted to touch upon is uh, soon after I mean actually it was just before we had a chat uh, last time is you became uh, a father and you talked about you know that entire experience uh, how it kind of changed you and how how is your is it kind of affected your music or had an impact on your music in the last couple of years? I mean, it, it, if it did, it's only in a positive way because I'm working way harder at it now than ever before. And yeah. um, writing, you know, again, like I, like, I just want Rex to know that, you know, having the passion for something like music, like, it, you just have to follow your dreams and your visions of things of what you want to do and accomplish in your life. And I want to, I want him to see me accomplish things that I set out to do. And you know, who knows if he'll like Han, I don't know. It's, you know, that, that, that could be, maybe he doesn't, whatever, but to be able to tell him like, son, finish what you started, you know, like always, if you got this dream of something that's a little bit out of the norm, because I mean, a lot of people want to be a musician, but how many people follow through with it and do all of the steps that have to be taken? Not yeah, everybody really goes the full mile. And I, it took me a lifetime to even like, even get, I'm, I haven't even gone the mile. I feel like I'm like, I'm like, well, I, you know, I've got some fans and, and and they seem to like my music and stuff, but like, I don't have a Ferrari and I don't live in Malibu. So, um, <laughs> yeah, 
you know, I, I could only say this to him. I did. I got to end up, you know, I can make a living off of it, doing what I love. And I'm home to be around him. And, you know, like, I, I just, it's weird too. I write songs everywhere I go. Um, you keep a guitar in every room and you're going to end up writing something eventually. And like when I'm watching him sometimes, he's just sitting there. I'm like, he's playing. He doesn't have any interest in me. I just grab the guitar, noodle around. And I write, I write tons of riffs that way. A lot of them. That's I wrote cool. Flash, I wrote flashback that way. You know, it's like, um, I was writing mind freeze when he, when my wife was pregnant and then flashback was recorded when he was, you know, he's, he's, he was already home with us for quite some time. Um, and he's actually on beautiful distraction at the very end. I captured his, his little voice a little bit and it's at the end of the album. He doesn't oh. say anything yet. He was very, he was very little when I captured it because I, I recorded flashback and beautiful distraction so close together. He was only like, I don't even know. He wasn't even a year yet, but he's almost two now. He'll yeah. be two in July. Being a dad is the best thing in the world. I love my son so much. Um, I could, I can't even live without him. Let's just put it that way. Like I think about that. I'm like, I can't even live without this dude. Like this dude has made life worth living like way more. So now it's like, it's driven my music more because now I have so much more purpose. Yeah. Like before I had like a really like, kind of like, all right, well, here's this goal or whatever, you know? But now I'm like, I got this kid. I got, I got a beautiful baby boy and I love him and I got a family and music's great. Music is driving it. And um, that's all I could really say about that. Okay. So, uh, another thing that you touched upon at the start was, you know, church rec church recordings, right? I mean, uh, in January you released the Saber Without Warning album. Uh, yeah. And now you've got uh, beautiful. I played on that album. I'm the drummer on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I I noticed that also. Uh, but do you have any more releases planned uh, in the coming um, months? No, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of. Honestly, I'll tell you, I'm stepping back from a lot of that, um, mainly because of the manufacturing time due to COVID right now is yeah. like kind of all over the place. And I just don't feel like dealing with it. And uh, it sucks because like, I'd love to, but I'm going to pick back up when things kind of um, seem to get a little bit back to a way where you could get things in a timely manner and not have to wait a year it's hard i'm busy with my music but i did do i did do an album it'll be out on shadow kingdom um i did an album with a band called devil cross it's called okay. the project and it's myself um and joe Steele from ice war and this and and i can't remember his last name his name's brendan is the guitar player i'm sorry brendan i'm uh, i don't know i never met him it was it's all internet based it was getting we were we were sending files to each other never even a handshake uh and me and me and joe are really close he's a good friend we talk all the time but this other dude he doesn't even have facebook so i'm like dude i can't even like look this dude's profile up he's like anti-social media but he's a great guitar player but anyway um that'll be out so nothing nothing i i did do a traveler cassette but the the traveler um 
record is already out. They they didn't have any self-titled records. And I was kind of like, hey, I want to do a cassette run of your guys' stuff for fun. And they're like, cool. So that that's real small, though. And again, like it's already been out before. So it's not new news. Um, but grab one if you're into cassettes and want to get a cassette of Traveler self-titled. Because, uh, man, they were sold out of cassettes for a while because yeah. I kept yeah. looking for one. I was like, I was like, they don't exist anywhere. I can't get a fucking traveler cassette. And um, I'm starting to like cassettes more than vinyl, to be honest with you. Yeah, there's been a revival of sorts. And I see a lot of bands now releasing uh, cassettes. The, the only problem cassette. is I don't know who still has cassette players. <laughs> Dude, everywhere. You could buy a cassette player all, like anywhere. Um, the, the thing about cassettes i think it's like the generation that i come from i was born in 1981 cassettes were still prominent like for a long time i didn't really start buying cds until i was like 18 same same so um and i remember i mainly because mainly because the cars didn't have cd players yet yeah and i was like (laughs) fuck i need you know again cars where i listen to it so um, that's where my tape collection lived. It was in my car, which is terrible. You get melted tapes. You had to put them under your seat. Oh God. Those now are you terrible. don't have to worry about that shit. Yeah. But those I are terrible. I used to put all the cassettes. I'd have, I'd have it in the case. I put it in there. I go, God damn it. And I live where it's hot, man. It's fucking hot here. It'll melt your cassette. But anyway, um, I am, but I am putting out another record. It'll be out in February, 2022. Okay. Awesome. So you mentioned the goal of 20 albums by 47. Uh, yeah. So what can we expect from Haunt, say, in the next coming months, at least? Um, th- again, you're going to th- uh, the next release will be in February. Um, I'm just going to probably do a couple albums a year. And um, some of them, actually, it's weird that we we're talking about Francis and the synth stuff, because some of those albums might actually be... Um, this like for instance mind freeze i'm going to be doing this i'll i'll just share it right now cuz this this is a uh, news in some way but you could actually you could remove all of the guitar from mind freeze and now you have like a synth album because okay. there's all this orchestration behind it that's kind of hard to hear because of the guitar yeah so if you remove the guitar and you could you could listen to the album and only synth and i've been i already had it set up that way um so it's not quite dungeon synth like you know what francis does it's like haunt it's the song the tempo it is the way it's sang but stripped and now every now instead of guitars up front the synth sits up front okay so a few of the albums might be that way it's hard to say how many like new like i'm just talking 20 collectively yeah. All together, 20 albums of, of stuff. And I'll probably make more than that. But it, at that, like, I, it'll slow down because I want, like I said, there's a, I told you earlier, there's a role I want to take a different path. And that's producer. Yeah. Like, I want to produce bands. I think it's, I think it's important to kind of like take my knowledge of music and songwriting and, and all that and help bands move along. You know what I mean? I've, I did that with Saber. You could ask them. Without me, they wouldn't have without warning. Yeah, I actually read up uh, an interview they did and uh, 
they talked about how you kind of uh, joined them on drums because of the issue that they had with their previous drummer. They didn't have uh, no. They didn't even have a drummer. They didn't. They're yeah. Oh yeah. They had a drum. Initially, they didn't have a drummer. Then they had a drummer, and he was not really. I don't know. He wasn't what they wanted to work with, and um, he left. And I was like, well, let me hear what you guys got. And they sent me a bunch of. Uh, really bad pr- product production stuff that like incomplete songs they couldn't even tell what, what they were going to do so i made them do some pre-production and i drummed over it <clears throat> and then they came here and stayed with me for a week and recorded a record and that was kind of th- there's been a couple times where i've done these things so the first band was fortress was the first band i recorded um that wasn't myself and then i did um this band called like god damn it, i can't think of their name right now parasite vc oh. okay parasite vc no I, I did them and then the next one like i said is actually was um oath and that was a little bit different too i did because he wasn't here i i produced him overseas yeah he's based on i the played UK. drums on that too so that's another area where i kind of um came in as a producer. So I've been kind of trying to groom myself for that slowly, you know? Um, it's not that I want to step away from Haunt. It's that I think by the time I get to that point, there's not much more for me to say. Right. I mean, not. I mean, 20 albums is a lot. Yeah. Those bands <laughs> never, they never get there, ever. They won't. True, true. I mean, so I, I probably will if I don't die before. Awesome. You know what I mean? I'm not. I don't. I'm not planning on dying, but I'm just saying yeah. I could get yeah. struck by lightning. You know. <laughs> so um, as long as as long as I'm living and breathing, that goal will happen. Because Haunt is my last band. I mean, I'm just getting too old to start over or go in a garage with a bunch of dudes. Um, it doesn't interest me. And. When I started doing Haunt, I had the idea of I'm not going to be held back by <clears throat> genre titles like how Beastmaker was like really in, in doom metal. I was like, so when I start writing Haunt, I was like, I'm going to just it's going to be all over the place. And it kind of is. I got fast songs, dancey songs, thrashy songs. It, it's kind of everywhere. I got poppy songs. Um, I just write whatever I feel like writing. And and um, but yeah. All right. So just a couple questions more for you. Sure. Uh, you know, I saw that you announced on social media that you've added two new members, uh, Andy yeah. Saldate, who was in Beastmaker with you, and also yeah. uh, Andy Lee. Uh, yes. Have you been working in the studio with them or is this just going to be a live? Uh, yeah, we, were, we, were, we rehearse in the studio, but we don't work together in the studio. That's already kind of known. It's kind of already known with them that like, you know, there we're not going to be really working in the studio together because we're not going to learn. Nobody's going to be able to learn all the songs that I'm doing because yeah. I'm going to be doing two albums a year. It's is like it's going to be real busy for me, and I can't really work around other people's when they can be here or whatever. And I just don't think of my songs that hard to where I need help. Like to be honest with you, it's like to me that's easy. Um, so, um, and also we're, 
it's a little bit different format because Andy, the drummer, Andy Saldati, he's kind of taking a different kind of role in Haunt. He's like going to be the team leader because he's like my best friend. We did Beastmaker together. Yeah. We've actually been trying to do music together in Fresno for about 16 years together. And being in Haunt was the first time I'd ever been away from him musically ever. Most most of my life playing music was with him. So it was only really natural for him to come in. I was waiting for it to happen, truly. I I had asked him initially and he didn't want to do it at first because he wanted to try to do some other stuff and maybe see do some other uh, genre of music and see what some other artists in Fresno had. And then he came back to me and was like, dude, there ain't anybody as good as you in Fresno. Let's do it. <laughs> That's how he got back in haunt. That's how he got into haunt. Like he's like, let's fucking do it. And I had and and it's dude, trust me, I had been pestering him for the whole time. Since 2018. I've been Andy, dude. Like he's like, nah. And then he was friends with Wolfie too, my old drummer, and that made it real like way harder because he's like, I don't wanna and you know, we all kind of knew each other. Wolfie was Beastmaker's merch guy. So it was like a weird thing. And we just didn't we just didn't work to, together well on on certain things. We played together well and listened to music together and, and we you know we, we we had a good friendship, but like the way that I am and the way that I want things, I need people to be a certain way. He just wasn't like what Andy is. Like I said, he like Andy is gonna be like the team leader of the band and keep the bass player and the other guitar player keep things like harmonious because obviously shit went out of control and i my whole last live lineup is gone yeah there's just gone too quick so it just wasn't working the format that i was doing and i needed somebody like andy to to like anchor it in and just because it's just too weird i'm i'm just like too busy and focused on doing what i'm doing which is like recording albums interacting with fans take making sure that the band is getting exposure and there's some growth, you know what I mean? Like those things. So um, I'm really excited. And he brought Andy Lee to the table as well. Uh, they work together at Guitar Center. And okay. um, that's cool. So um, Andy Lee, I didn't even really know how good of a guitar player he was when Andy Saldati told me, he's like, we should try out Andy Lee, send him the stuff. So I sent Andy Lee the stuff and I know him and I, we were already friends. So I was like, really looking forward to like checking you out and checking you out, man. Be great. And we didn't hear back from him for a while. He didn't get us back, get, get back to us for like three weeks. So I thought he was just like, not ever going to audition. And um, he just came through and like, we nearly played an entire set first try, which I thought was like impressive. I was like, this is the first time we've ever played music and we could have played this live right now. Like we got from point A to point B on every song we played. And he learned the, some of the solos too, which I was just like, all right, well, let's work on it. And so we've been at it for the last couple months. I mean, me and Andy Saldati, we've been working on it together since way earlier on in the pa- pandemic, like November of last year, Okay, we started started getting together and we we were just doing like once a week he and i for two hours like we just because like we knew there was nothing no shows were gonna happen like 
we're just like, let's just start like kind of feeling each other out. We hadn't played music together in two years. I mean, it was really weird. You know, here I here I come from a, a side where he's the only dude I was in bands with, really. Yeah. To being a dude that I wasn't in my band and I'm still doing it. Now he is in my band again. So we kind of had to like, we, we had to rekindle that old flame of, of playing together and the vibe and like what we're trying to do. Yeah. Like, and um, he's going to bring Haunt to life in a lot of ways that it wasn't before. I could just say that like without a doubt because um, he um, he's like an influential person to me. He, like he's an influencer, like takes good care of himself and, you know, he's hardworking. And so I, I look up to people that are like that. Awesome. You know, um, and, and Andy Lee, great guitar player. We still don't have a bass player, but if anybody ever knew what Fresno was like in India, it's the, not a very musical place. It's hard. <laughs> There's like, I, we have scoured. We, we, we are trying so hard. There's bass players I could hire, of course, just for the, the tour or whatnot. And again, a ba- we actually have learned to, um, um, play live like I don't have a keyboard player and Haunt has this like new like since Mind Freeze the sound was synthesizer to the music and with the last lineup I tried to get the, the drummer on board on trying to you know have it play the 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 keyboards were in the backing tracks like we just press play to the keyboards and we played that to that and he wasn't able to do that and it really caused some, you know, I bought all the equipment needed to do it, learned how to do it myself so I could teach him to do it. And we just weren't getting it. And I was like, we're never going to find a keyboard player in Fresno. There is no one. There's no heavy metal keyboard player anywhere that I know of. Francis, that's it. He's so far away. I He's eight hours away from me. He's not close by. So he can't, again, it's somebody that can't really be here. And you got to, you got to rehearse as a band. I would love Francis. We've talked about, it. I'm like, move to Fresno, play fucking keyboards and haunt, dude. Get the fuck out of San Diego. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's not how life works. So, um, so Andy has learned how to, we we're, we're able to play all the music with synth now, we ne- which has never been done before in haunt. So it's really exciting for me because it's going to be the first time live that the crowd gets the experience hearing like mind freeze with all the synthesizer. Yeah. And there's so much, there's so much synth in mind freeze. I'm like, how are we even doing it without it? Like, (laughs) this is shit. I was pissed. I didn't like that. It was one of the main reasons the drummer's gone. I actually fired Wolfie. um, And that was definitely part of it is he didn't fucking step up to a leading position and take control of it like he should have and learned how to do it. He was really reluctant on me to do it for him and learn it for him. And that's not how you learn how to do something. Yeah, You learn how to do something by doing it yourself and fucking up over and over and over again. But with that said, we, we added bass, the bass guitar to the backing track. So like when we practice in here uh, for the live thing, we have bass right now. So it's kind of like, we're like, yeah, whatever. When the right one comes, the right one comes. Because like right now, we got a good team going again. Like it's 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 crazy because I had a good team before, and I've had to rebuild a new team. 
it's like I'm, it's like I'm the Chicago Bulls. Or <laughs> I'm like the fucking coach. I'm like, all right, we got to bring or the or you, you know, you're the, gen, you're the general, you're the general manager. The general manager's like, all right, we got to switch out players or whatever. <laughs> I'm like the fucking general manager now. But we got a good. I got Andy, who's a great team leader, and then you know, and then Andy Lee too. They've worked together, so they they you know. I, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I was able to get uh, a good, a good live lineups right out the gate before we come back out of this pandemic and, um, you know, start playing live again. You know, yeah. which actually brings me to my last question. That's really. all about. I have to say about the announcement. <laughs> all right. Okay. So- which brings me to my last question about live gigs, because I just got an email about a void waiter, uh, a band that uh-huh. you've played live with. They're doing an album launch uh, in a week or 10 days, I think. Is, is, is that something you're looking at playing now that you have a lineup going live soon? Um, no, not very soon. Um, so um, in April, there's going to be, be a tour in 2022 um that's the first like it is booked like it's happening like it's routed there's a festival anchored in in it and it's in houston um down houston um houston texas so we're gonna be we're gonna be going around like i don't want to say who the bands are yet but you'll like the you if you listen to haunt you'll like these bands they're they're in the same realm and they're all and they're great so um that's the first tour that's booked i'm not really um i have a different life than a lot of people like i'm a dad i have a family so (laughs) i'm not trying to just go out there immediately it has to make sense and this is the that's the first thing that made sense to me now if something comes along this year it's just weird because like it's april and generally a tour is booked like six months out so realistically the only thing that I would be looking at if there was going to be a tour probably be in November or, you know, the winter. So we're getting closer to 2022 again. So, I mean, they're going to, I didn't, I don't know if are they doing a tour or just a show. It's just the album release show they're doing in LA. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think that that's cool. Like, like I I'll probably end up playing some one-off shows. I don't want to do a lot of one-off shows because it takes a lot of energy to do that. I think it's just better to tour, like just doing one show, packing up all your shit and going and playing one gig and then coming home immediately and unpacking it. That doesn't make sense to me. That's a lot. It's a lot of extra shit. It's like pack up your shit and then go and then come home and you're done. You know what I mean? That's kind of been my formula for a long time. So like I, I usually, when we do like a one-off show, I call it, we usually add about five shows to that that are around that general area because it's like I said, like packing up all your shit, you know, you're packing up your merch, you're packing up all your gear just for one night is rough, but a CD release. Yeah. I mean, it's that void Vader's on the money with that. Like if they're going to do it, I don't know how many people are going to come out to it. I mean, I don't know how, um, if everybody's ready for that, you know, I really honestly don't know because I haven't gone to anything. I've been just at home, you know, it's like, just like everybody else. Like, yeah, I'm I'm not sure exactly on the regulations and all. I haven't checked. 
that this year. But yeah, I, I know one I, thing for for certain. I I can tell you that June fifteenth, California is open, yeah. and I think I think here will be all right because a lot of people are already vaccinated. The vaccine is easy to get here. If you're 16 and above, you can get the vaccine in California right now. So, I mean, and they're testing it on teenagers now and stuff and younger people. So as soon as that all kind of happens, I mean, we're going to hit, it needs to happen globally. I mean, it's, it's really weird how, government and pharmaceutical companies work and who owns the all these patents to things and who gets the drug they they get the first drugs and they can't surplus it without permission from the, the drug company and yada 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 it's, it's I, really I think stupid. i think this this will be like a whole separate podcast episode it's oh yeah <laughs> but anyway um anyway i think that we'll we'll be seeing some shows from haunt this year they'll probably just be local though fresno maybe sacramento just to see what it's like san diego you know just to get out there and and test the water i definitely want to play some shows before i go hit a festival and get we got i got to break in the new band it's like it's like a new car yeah (laughs) you gotta you you gotta kind of baby it for that first thousand miles on that engine you don't want to like it tells you that shit in the owner's (laughs) manuals it's like Brand new car, thousand miles. Don't do this. Don't fucking. It, there's like things it tells you not to do while breaking in a motor. Yeah. So it's like you got to go. At, I got to go out and break. I got to break in the motor a little bit and and feel it out and stuff. The first haunt gigs ever were horrible. Like when we first. <laughs> oh my god! Some I was embarrassed because like I was coming out of a tenure of beast maker where we were fucking on we were well rehearsed solid been touring all over the place to a new band with new guys and new shit. And it was a mess. First show was (laughs) awful. So I I'm just anticipating, like, I don't think it's going to be like that because this is much more well rehearsed now and things are more put together, but I still think we all got to get out there and get all our nerves out that, you know, we're yeah. playing together for the first time, even in a band that's already existed. So it's kind of a weird one. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I got to say about that, really, about live stuff. Awesome. So I, I think we've chatted quite a bit. And uh, th- thanks so much again, as always, uh, no problem. Trevor. It's a pleasure talking to you, just kind of understanding. I mean, that's the main reason why we started the podcast, right? It's just to talk to musicians whose music we enjoy and get to know the whole process and everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I love podcasts. I think I, I listen to a lot of them and I, I, cause I don't like radio and TV is pretty shitty. And um, again, when I'm, it's, it's something I enjoy to do in the car put yeah. that shit on and just yeah. listen. Cause sometimes, you know, it's like, you know, it's, there's, time and place for everything and the stream works really good in the car (laughs) all right so look look forward to hearing uh, more from haunt and uh, i'll definitely be keeping an eye out thanks thanks so much again trevor all right man it's good talking to you buddy good luck with everything and thank you for yeah the support all right so the question for all our listeners this week is If you had a chance to select the songs on a band's album, which band would it be? Let us know. 
As always, you can reach out to us, honzapod.com, and we're also on Twitter as honzapod. I'm at Trend Crusher on Twitter and Instagram. But that's all for this week. Until next time, honz up, guys. <laughs>